Orthodox Church's calendar. So inshallah we'll see it the khutbah that was prepared for today. We'll see it next week, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Ahmaduhu wa nasta'inu. ونعوذ به من شرور أنفسنا إن النفس لأمارة بالسوء وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له لم يتخذ صاحبة ولا ولدا وهو الله الذي في السماء رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وفي الأرض رب وإله يعبد ويطاع أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله وما كان لمؤمن ولا مؤمنة إذا قضى الله ورسوله أمرا أن يكون لهم الخيرة من أمرهم من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ما عليك هداهم ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء أما بعد Dear committed brothers and sisters, in this khutbah I want to draw your attention to some ayat in Surah An-Nisa 64 and 65, the ayah numbers. These ayat begin by وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا لِيُطَاعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهِ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ لَوَجَدُوا اللَّهَ تَوَّابًا رَحِيمًا فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِي مَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتْ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا The approximate translation of the meanings of these ayat is something like this. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا لِيُطَاعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ We have not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking, He's saying, We have not sent 
a messenger except that he should be obeyed by Allah's decree, by Allah's permission. Okay, that up until now, that sounds very acceptable to the average Muslim. But listen here to the following sentence in this ayah. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهَ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ لَوَجَدُوا اللَّهَ تَوَّابًا رَحِيمًا Please pay attention to this ayah because it answers one of the questions and one of the controversies that has been promoted by institutions and governments that have wealth and money erroneously and in your face. This is saying, I'm going to take you through this word by word and meaning by meaning so that once you encounter individuals who have inherited the Umawi dislike of the Prophet and his intimates, you will have an ayah that you can respond to them. Because they say, oh, you can't go to uh, the Prophet and ask him to ask Allah for forgiveness for you or for someone you love or for someone you care for. You can't do that. They say, this is shirk. You can respond to them in whatever logical manner you think, but it's not binding. But if you go to the Qur'an and you tell them, listen, this is the ayah in the Qur'an, and listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. So what does this say? وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ And if it were that they, meaning the Muslims around the Prophet, did some injustice to themselves. They did something wrong. They violated a moral code or they violated a legal code in Islam. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ They came to you. They knew they did something wrong. فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهِ They asked Allah for maghfirah, forgiveness. To amnesty them. وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ And the Messenger of Allah asked Allah's maghfira for them. وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ لَوَجَدُوا اللَّهَ تَوَّابًا رَحِيمًا They would find that indeed Allah is very accepting of their repentance and very forgiving of them. Now, here is where here is where the ignorance of Allah's words of the Quran. Here's where the ignorance of the Quran kicks in. This may be a subtle issue. 
but I'm going to try to explain it as much as possible. The ayah says, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهِ Okay, all Muslims in the time of the Prophet, in our time, in every time, all Muslims are subject to making different types of mistakes. We're not talking about high crimes and misdemeanors here. We are talking about the type of failures that are within normal human range. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ Now, if we were to take the Wahhabi, the, the, the dislike mentality of the Prophet, they say, it's not necessary to come to the Prophet. Why, why, why should people come to the Prophet? What is the ayah saying? وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ They came to you. فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهِ They asked Allah for forgiveness. Now here is where the, the issue that they, these dislikers of Allah's Prophet, Here's where the issue where they take advantage of the ignorance of the Muslim public. It says, وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ And the messenger asked forgiveness for them. The ayah didn't say, وَاسْتَغْفَرْتَ لَهُمْ The ayah is opening the door for all the Muslims until the end of time to approach the Prophet and ask him if he could ask Allah to forgive them. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهِ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهَ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولِ Which means any Muslim from that time into the end of time comes to Allah's Prophet and asks Allah's Prophet to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness is, fa- is following the meanings of this ayah. No one is committing shirk here. No one is saying, "Oh, you're a, you're the prophet of Allah. You're some, you're a divinity. You can forgive me." You ask Allah's prophet to ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive you. These people who want to put a distance between us and the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are the ones who are in violation of the meanings of this ayah. Or else, if Allah's Prophet was only available to the Muslims of his time, then this would be a type of discrimination. 
Why is Allah's Prophet only available to the Muslims of his time and not available to the Muslims until the end of time? We ourselves included. This mentality that they have that wants us to have a frigid heart when it comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These types of people, they'll, they'll go on a rant of their own. And they will tell you, oh, the, the Prophet's uh, father was a kafir. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. And he will be in the fire of Jahannam. This is their... This is the type of political deviation that took place at the beginning of our political history. And we're not condemning. See, when most sometimes people get confused. If we are condemning an unjust ruler, we're not condemning the Muslims. People are misled to think when you condemn a certain ruler in a certain country, you are condemning all the people in that country. No, we're not doing that. But this is what happened at the beginning. There was this antagonism to Allah's Prophet, which began the day he began expressing Allah's words. It began on that day and it continued for 23 years after that. And then it had an extended effect. You know, sometimes uh, some people say individuals have a bipolar disorder. Muslims have a tripolar disorder. At one time after the mature years of Islamic rule beginning with kingdoms and monarchies we had the Muslims split split into three categories one of them is called the Shias the other one is called Al-Mu'tazila and the third one is called Al-Mutasawwifa these are not supposed to be three separate characters, three separate communities. Not at all. They are All three of them are supposed to be meshed into one, consolidated into every one of us as individuals and as societies. But since that time, we've been living a tripolar fragmentation, a tripolar disorder. And we, it, 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 we haven't managed up until now to blend these positive features. All three of these are positive features. They are lacking, they are positive features that are lacking the other two components. If you're a Sufi, which is a positive feature, you lack... Some people think, because we're out here in the street, and I have to speak loud, but some people think because I'm speaking loud, the message is lost because of the tone of my voice. If I was in a masjid inside of a place, it would have been different. But 
Forget about the tone of my voice. Listen to what I'm saying. Being a Sufi is a positive feature of an Islamic character. But that positive feature of the Sufi lacks the two other ingredients, which is a very active mind and a very heightened political awareness. Those two features are present in the Mu'tazila and in the Shia. And this same thing can be said about the Mu'tazila. It's a very positive feature of an Islamic personality because they work their mind in the meanings of the Qur'an to address the public mind that is also working. But they lack the feature of at-tasawwuf and they lack the feature of at-tashayyuh. And the same thing can be said about those who consider themselves Shi'is. They lack the two other features. Someone comes to them with a Mu'tazili mind, wants to open up their... Alhamdulillah, there's a type of rational capacity in the Shi'i context. But even that is lacking. When you try to expand it a little more, then they will... I'm, I'm not talking about everyone in that context. I'm talking about those who speak for that context. And they'll come and tell you, well, you know, this is not what we believe or this is not what we think or this is not our conclusion, these types of... Same thing with tasawwuf. And that's why you find some who belong to the Shi'i context want to look for a spiritual home. And they find it in tasawwuf. So this is the tripolar problem that we have been living throughout all of these disorder, that we have been living throughout all of these centuries. And for Allah's sake, can't we just mature and blend into ourselves and become more positive and more productive in what we say and do? So these people go back to these cold-hearted individuals who have the money and they have the wherewithal in our generation. We don't know what it's going to be like 30 years down the road or 300 years from now. We don't, no one knows. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But in our time, these people, they have the money and they say the Prophet's father was a kafir. Why do you say that? They say, okay, the Quran says Ibrahim's father was a kafir. And here again, they take advantage of our disconnect with the Qur'an. If you read the Qur'an, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ That phrase in the Qur'an occurs eight times in different surahs of the Qur'an. Once in the Qur'an, Allah says, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ آزَرِ So when Ibrahim is speaking to his biological father, the word Azar is not mentioned. But when he's speaking about his uncle, 
the word azar only once is mentioned. This can be attested to by another ayah in the Quran that says, وَإِذْ قَالَ يَعْقُوبُ لِبَنِيهِ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِي قَالُوا نَعْبُدُوا إِلَاهَكَ وَإِلَاهَ آبَائِكَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ وَإِسْحَاقَ And bear in mind when Ya'qub said to his children, to whom are you going to conform after I'm gone, after I die? They said, we will conform to the the deity and authority of your forefathers. The forefathers of Ya'qub, meaning his, gra- his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather. Na'budu ilahaka, we will obey and conform to your ilah and the ilah of your forefathers. And the ayah goes on to say, who are these? Ibrahim wa Ismail wa Ishaq. Ismail is not a forefather of Yaqub. He's his great uncle. He is He's his uncle. He's not his father. Because we haven't trained our minds on reading the Qur'an, this becomes a gap. And these people, they rush through it. So refer them to the Qur'an. They say, where's the delil? Where's your evidence? Okay, here's the evidence. Come to the ayat of the Qur'an. And if you, and they're big on hadiths, if you want to polish that with some hadiths. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, says, مَا زِلْتُ أَتَنَقَّلْ مِنْ أَصْلَابِ الطَّاهِرِينَ إِلَىٰ أَرْحَامِ الطَّاهِرَاتِ I continued in the, in, the, in, the, in the passage of time. I continued to move from the groins of Tahir men to the wombs of Tahir women. How, you, how do you say he's a kafir? And in another hadith, because hey, oh, come on, come on, we have hadiths that fit into the meanings of the Quran. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, says, Ana khiyarun min khiyarin min khiyar. I am a choice person from choice persons, from choicest persons. Put all of this together and how, how do they come and say, but all of this, we can trace it back to the type of official hatred that set in originally at the beginning of our Islamic history, which we have inherited. And now it circulates because we have those same types of people around us. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ادعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى وأولي التقى 
Dear committed brothers and sisters, when we speak about this species of people who have the wealth and the money and who are causing all of the the majority of the problems that we suffer from, we're not speaking strictly about historical figures. We also are speaking about people who are living among us. This is a long connection from people of wealth and power all the way down to the masjid and the minbar. These are not disconnected. They work with each other. One of the news items pertaining to these criminals tells us in this past week, what we are going to express here is in this past week, that the king of Saudi Arabia met with the head of CENTCOM, that's the American Central Command Forces in the Middle East, to discuss current developments. Who are they kidding? Who are they lying to? Does he know how to discuss anything? This is another area. They withdraw him from the media. Has anyone ever heard him give a speech, comment on a certain subject, analyze current affairs, anything like that? Not at all. Nothing of the sort. But this is the way they phrase their news items. Their intentions are embedded in the words of the news that they spread far and near. There's a Saudi Arabian woman, her name is Manal al-Sharif, an advocate of human rights in Saudi Arabia. She doesn't, as far as I can tell, she doesn't adhere to Islamic dress code, but she's here in the United States. She's driving a car from San Francisco to Washington, D.C., The 25th of this month, which is, I guess, next Thursday, supposed to be in front of the Saudi embassy here, demonstrating for human rights in that kingdom of deviation. Now, the Saudi embassy extended an invitation to her to come and speak with the people in that embassy. After what happened in Istanbul, I don't think anyone who is opposed to what the Saudi regime is doing would feel safe to step into their diplomatic missions. This past week, a couple of days ago, the Saudi regime passed the death sentence on 23 Nigerians. What was their crime? The Saudi legal system tells the worldwide public that they are guilty of trying to distribute contraband, narcotics in their kingdom. We don't know whether they, they, they don't have any fair legal process to know what is the other side of the issue. And the Nigerian government, because it is a slave of the Saudi government, it's a slave of the Saudi government for what it is doing inside of the country, 
and it is inside of the country, meaning inside of Nigeria, with members of the Islamic movement and others who are fair to their faith and fair to their countrymen. And the same government is a slave to the Saudi government when it comes to its own citizens. There's about one and a half million Nigerians who reside in Saudi Arabia. Do you hear that there's a Nigerian diplomatic backbone that stands for their own citizens in a country that wants to execute away from due process? There's an ongoing trial of Saudi Muslim women who want their Islamic freedom. And those trials have been postponed indefinitely. This is what you get. Is this called Islamic justice? Our poor Indo-Pakistani and South Asian Muslim brothers and sisters, they're fooled by this corrupt regime. Alhamdulillah, other Muslims in other parts of the world are beginning gradually to wake up to the reality of that regime. There's some slow pokes among us. And then there's some agreements between Saudi Arabia and Iraq in the fields of economics and security and diplomacy. This is like two foxes trying to outwit each other. Who's going to fool the other? The dirty politics that go on. And once again, we have two sisters in Georgia, not the state of Georgia in the United States, the nation state of Georgia in Europe, who are asking for asylum because they fear for their lives. A 28-year-old and a 25-year-old, two sisters. What is this becoming like almost a monthly or by bi-monthly issue, something that's happening more frequently now. Human Rights Watch, I'm saying this, I'm not running down some type of news items that don't relate to our moral character. Our Islamic moral fiber demands of us to be concerned with these issues. When are we going to wake up? And it takes Human Rights Watch to speak for one of the Saudis who was jailed five years ago on an 18-year prison term simply because he tweeted criticism of that diabolic government. And then we have, talk about a ruling family. We have the Saudi, the new Saudi ambassador, Rima, the daughter of Bandar, who used to be the plenipotentiary ambassador here in Washington, D.C., just sworn in by her king to become officially designated as the Saudi ambassador to the United States. Her brother, Khalid, the son of Bandar, is also being appointed the Saudi ambassador in London, England. You speak about... Uh, a, a ruling royal family, well, this demonstrates how they are very tight on their positions. This past week, there, there's been serious flooding 
in the Islamic Republic of Iran, in Iraq, and in Pakistan. Certain areas have been seriously impacted by floods. Many people have lost their lives or lost their residence. In the midst of all of this, there's a Saudi Emirati cargo plane flying support. Instruments, medical devices, food, whatever it is, to these areas in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Uh, we mention this, not that anyone's trying to give credit for what they are doing. We mention this to point out their shaitani character. There are other news items that I would have liked to cover uh, in the context of our moral obligations, especially when it pertains to our brothers and sisters in occupied, colonized Palestine. They've been for over a year demonstrating, going to borders. You know, this past week, there was a fire in Notre Dame a significant fire broke out in Notre Dame, the church, Notre Dame or Cathedral in Paris. And then all of a sudden we had this outpour of sympathy and emotions and kind words, etc. But when something happens at our Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, it's sort of uh, some issues that can be dismissed as normal because we Muslims don't count in the uh, civilized barometer of the world. They can easily dismiss us. But this gives us an occasion to compare when someone wants to burn Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, how they speak about it. When someone has plans to take over Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and how they speak about it. When they do, when they're excavating beneath the foundations of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to eventually bring it down, which is which has been like a termite strategy. They've been gnawing at the foundations of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa now for decades. And there will come a time when those foundations will become so weakened that the whole structure will collapse. Al-Masjid al-Aqsa and Qubbat al-Sakhra. And we are what? We're just watching all of this. All of this is uh, no news to us. We can't mention it in our khutbas, in our speeches, in our masajid. We can't do this. If you think you can't do this, I think you have to rethink and reconsider what your Islam means. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'ah. Wa arina al-baatila baatilan warzuqna ijtinaabah. Wa la taj'alhu multabisan alayna. Wa ja'alna lilmuttaqina imama. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana. وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا 
وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين ربنا افتح بيننا وبين قومنا بالحق وأنت خير الفاتحين ربنا آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة ربنا صل وسلم وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصل وسلم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة You want to put this off?